0: Hey, ¿Qué pasa, Calexico? Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Before we begin today, like always, I want to thank my sponsors, my anchor sponsors, um, Jake, Sergio, and Jonathan. Thank you guys for sponsoring me. And also David Gastelum. If you're thinking of buying or selling a home or an investment property in the Imperial or San Diego counties, sure you contact David Gastelum. He's got over 20 years of experience. His number is 760-235-9576. Today we're here at... uh, Fitness Oasis,
1: Fitness Oasis Health Club and Spa,
0: and we're here with um, the executive director of the Humane Society of Imperial County, Mr. Devin Apolaca. Hi, thank, thank you. Thank you for finally <laughs> meeting with me. Um, thank you. We've been trying to get this, you know, going for a while now, um, and a uh, while well back I, I said that um, Gil Rebelar was one of the workers, one of the hardest working men in the county, but I think. I think you take the cake this time, man. You're always super busy. (laughs) Thank you. Um, um, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? A little bit about
1: myself. Um, Well, I'm 32 years old. I became executive director of the Humane Society when I was 26. Um, I was born and raised here. I moved away to Cal Poly Pomona. Uh, I lived on campus. I was going to school there. I was in the pre-vet program. And then... um, I moved back in, I believe it was 2012, just just for summer break. And then Mm -hmm. I got, you know, I was was working on and off at the shelter. Well, I've been at the shelter for 12 years this year. And um, during like Christmas and summer break, I would come home, work at the shelter. And then, um, yeah, in 2012, summer of 2012, I decided, you know, to just kind of get a little bit more involved and, you know, things, things, there was some momentum going with a few things. And then when school came back up, you know, I think, like, ah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll take a little bit of a break and try to get things going, uh, a little bit further with the shelter. And, um, I ended up not going back. <laughs> so, uh, it, in 2013, at the end of 2013, um, you know, there was a position for a new director and the, the board of directors were looking for someone and, you know, there was no one available. And they asked me to kind of if, if, I, if I would stick around for the interim and and um, take over and still nobody showed up. And so they asked me to stay and I, I said yes. And so five years later, I'm still here.
0: <laughs> um, and have you ever had this passion for animals or did to- <clears throat> It's something that, you know, later on in life...
1: I've always had a, a passion for animals. Um, ever since I was a little kid, I have I knew that I wanted to work with animals. Like, for, I I remember being, I think, in preschool. I think I was in preschool. And I remember I remember our teacher asking us, um, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I remember saying, I wanted to be a veterinarian. Um, I've had animals my whole life. I've been around them my entire life. Um... And I wanted, I wanted, I knew from a very young age, I wanted to help them. I wanted to work with them. And even though I didn't become a veterinarian, um, I'm still helping animals in, in other ways.
0: You think that you'll somebody in the future, you know, finish that?
1: Uh, I'd have to quit my job and move <laughs> away. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe one day, maybe,
0: um, What's one of the, like, most exotic animals that you've worked with, like, here in the... in the?
1: Oh. Ex- uh, we've had skunks. We've had, actually, we've had skunks come in through the shelter, coyotes, possums. I didn't even know we had possums here. Um, a lot of, like, owls, hawks, turtles, desert tortoises. Um and then somebody—I don't even know what kind of lizard it was—but this thing was like eight feet long. Uh-huh. It was like an alligator, <laughs> and it was really aggressive. We ended up sending it to like some guy out of out of the county that he handles like large exotic animals, and he ended up keeping that thing.
0: Um, you're somebody that's really like outspoken when, and and on Facebook when it comes to like people mistreating or abandoning like animals or even like people that are um as to like making sure that their pets are and neutered um do you because i'm sure you get a lot of backlash from you know the community because you're like you don't care you don't have a filter you're like well,
1: i mean i try to i try to not i i've learned over the years um you know that you what's the saying you get you get more bees with honey than you do vinegar or whatever. Um, You know, I, in the past, I used, when I would see things, I used to get very upset when I would see people mistreating animals or, you know, not spaying and neutering their pets or, you know, you know, there was a number of things that I would get upset at. But I, I realized one day that, You know, not everybody knows what I know. Not everybody knows what my staff knows. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like, you know, when you go to the mechanic and you did something stupid to your car and you didn't know that that was stupid and the mechanic, you know, why would you do that? It's, you know, I, I, so I, I kind of have to put myself in that position and and realize that not everybody knows what I know. And, you know, all I can do is educate them and, and kind of like plant the seed and hope that, that things go right um so over the over the past couple of years i've I've learned that you know instead of getting upset I need to just be you know take the time to hey you know what actually that's not you know the proper way to do things and calmly explain to people you know what to do what not to do how to handle certain situations and and you know how they should or can be a, a good pet parent yeah. um but even then like sometimes people just don't they don't want to they don't want to hear things and and at times i do have to uh, i do have to defend myself people attack me on social media a lot i get it like every day there's i see something about me that I'm, i didn't even know that i did that And everybody knows my business but um which is fine um but when, i mean when things do get a little out of hand and they do sometimes and i do step in and i'll i mean i I don't use profanity or anything like that. I just very, you know, calmly, you know, that's not correct. These are, this is what happened. These are the facts, and usually people, oh, okay,
0: I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, thank you I, for explaining. And you know, that's a good, uh, good way of thinking because uh, I, I work in technology. With uh, I work in a school, and there's we have a lot of you know teachers that have been in, in the business for a long time that are used to the old school style of teaching. Yeah. They're not used to using technology. So that's a good way to think of, you know, they don't know what I know. Yeah. And I got to yeah. kind of like teach them. It, it, it's I,
1: I I think some, I think I mean, because I've gone to quite a few conferences, you know, trying to, you know, learn new things for the shelter um, and trying to better myself. You know, I, I want to make sure that I'm the best executive director that I, I can be, um, you know, for the shelter and for the animals. And I've, you know, during those conferences and just speaking to other Shelter professionals, I've I've learned a lot, um, and that there's there's a lot of different ways to approach certain situations, and using um, being aggressive is is not a good approach to, yeah. to things. Yeah,
0: because it'll block you right away. Yeah, like, it, you just, turn people off, yeah.
1: and they don't. They just there's a negative association, and they don't want to be part of that. So
0: um, often we we think you know pets as a good. Uh, Christmas present or birthday present um we'm not really thinking of, of you know the amount of work it goes into like having a whether it's a cat or a dog or whatnot um how many do you, do you think there's a large amount of, of of pets that get uh abandoned because of that was because of the situation where
1: oh yeah uh so several years ago you know we didn't have certain policies in place at our shelter um, and we got a lot of people coming in to adopt puppies and kittens for their children or for the grandson or for a nephew, a niece, or, you know, granddaughter or what have you. Um, And the staff and myself, we would always say, you know, oh, you know, come February when that puppy is not a puppy anymore and it's not cute, you know, it's probably going to come back. And we did have a lot of people, you know, they would adopt around the holidays and then the animals would be returned a few months later. And it was always the same excuse. Oh, the kid doesn't take care of it anymore. And so, you know, uh, about two years ago, we put in some pretty heavy um, screening processes or screening protocol in place, um, you know, to avoid to, to avoid those things from happening because um, it's very stressful when an animal goes, you know, from a home to the street to a shelter to a home and then back to a shelter. That is extremely stressful for an animal. And it's not in the best interest of the animal to have to go through that. So what we try, you know, what we try to do with that screening process is, you know, kind of filter through people and, you know, we do, we explain everything to people. People, I want to adopt a dog, a kitten, whatever, for my son for Christmas. He wants, he's been wanting a puppy forever and, you know, we tell parents, okay, but, ultimately, you know, you're the adult, you're going to be responsible. You can't expect a seven year old child to be responsible for another life. So it's going to be, you know, all fun and games for the first two weeks and then like a new toy, it's not fun anymore. And then they're going to want something else. And a lot of parents, you know, they tell, I didn't think of that. You know, that's a, that's a, you know, that's a good way to look at it. And, and some people they leave and they don't adopt. And some people say, no, we understand, you know, we're going to be responsible ultimately. And, but since we put those protocols in place, we have noticed a, a significant decrease in animals being returned for things for for things like that.
0: Yeah, because I mean, having a a lot of people compare it to having like like a little kid, and in in reality, it is because I mean, you can't leave your house for if if you have them inside in a in a crate or whatever, you can't leave them inside for too long. Um, like to me, like it's like my my day kind of revolves around my dog, or mm. like. I wake up a certain time, and I know she wants to go to the restroom at that time. She comes and he takes a nap. You know, it, it's it's yeah. it's a routine that yeah, no, and and that's
1: what I tell people. You know, animals are people just in fuzzy costumes. I mean, and they're like children. You know, they. But a lot of people they they think that animals are like these empty vessels, and they're just when you're done with them, they're like an old pair of shoes, you get rid of them and no animals. They're not, they, they feel pain. They feel anger. They feel joy. They, they, they become sad. They get happy. They, you know, I mean, everything that we go through and illnesses, I mean, there's, you know, animals, they, I mean, they have a beating heart, they have a brain, they have blood just like people do. They, everything that we go through, they go through as well. They don't maybe express it the same way that we do. Um, but they do. And that's, you know, that's why it's important for people that have pets to understand that, you know, having a pet is it's a lifetime commitment, yeah. the, the lifetime of the animal and that they need to be loved and respected and and treated right. Just the way you would with the family member or a child or any other person.
0: Yeah. when Whenever I go on vacation, not vacation, but like on a training that my wife's at home, she's more stressed about Um me not being there because of the dog because <laughs> she's like well i'm because i'm the one that wakes up yeah, and yeah like yeah, all yeah, this yeah. stuff like she's she's uh she gets stressed about that but um but yeah i'm that's something that i my friends that tell me like oh i want to get a dog or when i'm like you know what it's it's uh it's it's a task it's something yeah. that and
1: and that that's one thing that we we like to people we want people to understand as well is you know you you have to incorporate you have to incorporate the animal into your lifestyle. You have to, you, I mean, it's kind of like when you have a baby. You have to completely change. Now, I don't have kids, but I know a lot of my friends have kids, yeah. but, and I, I've, you know, I've seen the changes that they had to make when they first had that baby. And it's the same thing with the animal. You have to incorporate. You can't. The, the everything doesn't revolve around or. The animal doesn't revolve around everything else because, I mean, it's like I said, it's a living being. It, it has needs. They go to the bathroom. They get sick. They, you know, they have to eat. And so you have to incorporate that into your lifestyle. And if you work 12, 15 hours a day and you're not home at all, like you don't go home, you you know, you're there or you travel a lot or you you just you're a party animal, you know, mm-hmm. you, maybe a goldfish is better or something <laughs> you know, a, or a plant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know you just you have to make sure that you are fully prepared to to properly care for that 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 life and that you you know no matter what happens that you can handle any situation
0: yeah yeah um do you see any trends like um uh, let's say back i think in the 90s there was a trend where people were getting a lot of pit bulls or a lot of german shepherds Do you see trends when it comes to like
1: Whenever there's like some sort of movie that comes out We do see like a lot of people wanting to adopt Like if there's like a particular breed like that There was a movie that came out not too long ago And I guess there was like a German Shepherd or a Malinois In the movie And it was like, it was like a movie about the military or something like that I'm not exactly sure um, But we had people coming in left and right Wanting to adopt German Shepherds and Malinois And um, right now You know, I mean, a problem with getting specific types of breeds is that people don't do their homework before they get that breed. And a lot of times these animals have specific needs that people can't meet. Like Malinois, um, those are working dogs. They are bred to work. They're not bred to just sit on the couch and just lay there and be a couch potato like a like a lab would. Or so even labs, labs have a lot of energy. They like to play and you know when these animals that have high energy levels if they don't get to exu- exert that energy they don't get to play they don't get to exercise they're not you are not meeting their energy requirements they become destructive and then people want to get them but so like people we have like right now we have between German shepherd malinois and like malinois mixes um we have i think 14 or 15 of those types of dogs at the shelter that we're All relinquished within a very short amount of time because people see movies, they get the breed, then they're like, oh, shoot, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. In the movie, the dog was well trained. (laughs) Well, yeah, because that dog is an actor. That dog went through some pretty extensive training. Your dog didn't. Yeah. You probably put him in the backyard and that was it. And, you know, then that's what happens a lot. And so, yeah, there's trends or we get people wanting right now. Everybody wants to adopt. Dogs that are the size of hamsters. (laughs) <laughs> and that just doesn't exist. And we have we had a we had a we had a couple come in not too long ago. They wanted to adopt a small dog, and we had this little three pound Chihuahua, and they said that was too big. I said, "Well, anything <laughs> smaller than that probably doesn't exist." Yeah. Um, but with that, I mean, you know, you want people that want the teeniest tiniest little, you know. And though those 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 types of animals tend to have a lot of health issues yeah. and they don't live very long yeah they're super cute but they don't live very long.
0: yeah um what's uh the capacity you guys can have at the
1: the shelter was built to house only about a hundred animals and we currently have about 300 <sighs> yeah
0: that's crazy
1: yeah, especially right now because the 4th of July is coming up and it's a four day weekend for most people. Um, there are, we, I over this week, I mean, last, it started last week, but this week alone has been nonstop phone calls, people wanting to get rid of their pets because they're going to leave. And it's easier for some community members to get rid of their pet instead of, you know, having a family member watch them, a friend watch them or, um, pet board them or, you know, having a pet sitter come in. Um, and unfortunately right now we're, we're at our max, we're, we're over capacity and it's not, it's not ideal for the animals. It's, it's not safe. It's not, um, it's, it's stressful. And so we've had to turn a lot of people away and we, you know, we're trying to tell them, you know, the, your best option is to keep your pet, but if you can't, then, you know, you might want to try contacting a shelter or a rescue outside of the Imperial Valley.
0: Yeah. And then you, you think about, um, you know, the amount of pets that are going to come in because of fireworks, you know, pets. Yeah. That get up.
1: and that's another, I, I, I was just talking to someone earlier today. I, we, we are dreading next week because we are going to be bombarded with animals and we're already over capacity and we don't know how we're going to be able to accommodate those animals properly.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. Cause like, even that's another thing that you got to think about, you know, having your pets with, uh, you know, this kind of event, the f- fireworks and stuff like that. And I have a friend that had a, a dog that, um, he had for years and, um, he heard a bang and he ran and he got run over by a yeah. car and he was, yeah, he was really sick.
1: Yeah, um it's not, a, the day after the 4th of July is probably one of, July 5th in the animal welfare field is, it's like one of the worst days out of the year. The, the, it is the worst day out of the year because not only are there hundreds of thousands of animals coming into the shelters um, are being picked up, their animal control officers pick up a lot of deceased animals on the side of the road because animals, you know, the fireworks, they, you know, they, the, they scare the animals. They become disorient, disoriented. Um, the animals run into the
0: streets. They get hit
1: by cars. Um,
0: um do, bad. do all dogs get uh, affected by the, the fireworks? Cause the other day um they have fireworks at Calexico and my dad, my dog was with me in the backyard and she just, you know, is it,
1: I think it just depends. Every dog, you know, just like people, they're different, and some animals are more. Um, they some animals are more used to you know noises and and commotion going on as to you know, some animals aren't. Um, we have a dog at home, Lobo. He's a husky German Shepherd mix. When whenever you know they during the Fourth of July, he he's just like whatever. You know, it doesn't bother him at all. And we have a pit bull, Nikki. She's an older pit bull. When she hears them, she freaks out and she hides. So it just it depends on the animal. Some animals are affected, and some aren't.
0: Do are, do you know if they have any um like your for dogs? Um, I. I don't know if they have earmuffs
1: or anything like that for dogs, but I know that they have other, there's other things like calming chews. You know, a lot of people do like aromatherapy type things. People will put um, like they'll, uh, those diffusers like with essential oils, like lavender or whatever to help calm the animals. Um, there's CDs that you can buy uh, online. I actually have one on my phone. It's called through a dog's ear. Uh, I purchased it on iTunes and whenever I have to make, uh, like when I do my spay and neuter trips or whenever we're transferring a lot of animals to rescue groups, I'll play that record. It's about an hour long. Um, and it helps calm. it's like classical music that helps calm the animals. It's like scientifically proven to help calm them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's that. And then, you know, uh, there's like, there's a what do they call it? the thunder vests. Like they, they put kind of, they put pressure on the animal and they help them make, feel more secure. Um, but i don't know about earmuffs (laughs) i would i'd I'd probably not because he'd probably just take them off
0: okay yeah um because i mean even like when you'd see people that go to the to like nascar races and Mm -hmm. have those things you would think that maybe there's something similar to that um funding for the uh human society how how does funding come in for you guys so our funding is mostly
1: through donations. A lot of people think that we are funded by the city or the county or the state. Not true. Not at all. Um, a lot of people think that there's this check that comes in every month from the state of California for the county, or uh, no, we we don't get any any government funding of any sort. Um, we do we do contract with the cities, um, so like. The animal, every city has an animal control agency and those cities, they pick up animals. If they're not claimed within a certain amount of time, then they're brought to us. And we do charge the cities, you know, for, for that service to take in their animals so that we can vaccinate them. We can give them flea and tick preventatives. We can give them dewormers. We can, uh, you know, feed feed them and clean up after them. I can pay my staff. Um, we also, uh, we do fundraisers, um, we're trying to do more larger scale fundraisers throughout the year um but right now the the two biggest ones that we have are our Wuffaween which is every October and then we have our um Santa Paws is coming to town it's like a christmas it's like a little it's it's smaller but it's more like a family event type thing it was well so is the Wuffaween but we do the Santa Paws event um every December and then we do other like little fundraisers like uh Prize drawings and other community members will do stuff for us throughout the year as well.
0: Um, I know Calico has a, kind of like a bad reputation of you know, kind of like uh, euthanizing pets or or I don't I, I don't really know what the the bad reputation comes from, but um, can you kind of like I. I they
1: according to um I actually had a meeting a couple of months ago with the the mayor um the chief of police and the city manager and they said that they do not euthanize any animals at all and that they are sending every animal that goes to their facility to a rescue group. Um so I I, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but according to them that they do not euthanize anything, that mm-hmm. every animal is finding a safe place to go.
0: And because I, I know a lot of people um, kind of misinterpret like a humane society and like a dog pound. A dog pound is only like, like you said, like they keep the dogs for a certain mm-hmm. amount of time and then...
1: Yeah, so a dog pound and is like an animal control facility. So when you hear animal control dog pound, that's the, that's the same thing. The difference between like animal control or the dog pound and the humane society is that, you know, the animal control facilities don't, they don't do adoptions. They don't spay and neuter. They don't vaccinate. They don't, they don't do anything. Um, they just hold the animals, uh, for their stray holds. And then once the animals are up for their stray holds, they're either transferred to the humane society to a rescue group or they're euthanized. Um, the only the only animal control agency that I know in the county that does like vaccinate the animals when they come in is the county animal control, which is on Sperber Road behind uh, behind the jail. Um, but none of the other agencies do. So but for like with Calexico or not Calexico, I'm so sorry, uh, with Brawley and Calipat they don't have their own holding facilities. So what they do, as soon as they pick the animals up, they bring them to the humane society. And then we do the stray hold at the humane society for the cities. And then we vaccinate them immediately. As soon as they come in, everybody's assessed. Um, they're vaccinated for parvo distemper. They're given, you know, some, uh, a preventative for kennel cough. They're given uh, two types of dewormers and they are given medication to, as uh, for a, and tick preventative and then you know if we do notice that they're sick or they're injured they are seen by a doctor and they're treated accordingly
0: um another problem that we have in calexico is the stray cat population (laughs) yep and um there's there's a um big i guess like uh kind of like argument about the uh, tnr as to like, does it really work? Uh, is it, it like... Does. TNR
1: works. Um, you you have to understand that there is, this cat problem doesn't exist because of the cats. It exists because of irresponsible people. People don't spay and neuter. People aren't TNRing. And so when you have this population of animals and you're not doing anything to control it, it's going to quickly spiral out of control, which is what has happened. And, and the feral cat problem is it's a county-wide issue. I mean, it's, A nationwide issue but specifically to Imperial County I think Calexico has it the worst and I think a lot of it has to do with because of the location being so close to the border and I know animals you know they go you know to and from you know across the border whatever you know um, on their own Mm. Um,
0: yeah I've seen packs of dogs coming back and
1: and they're you know in a Mexicali like they don't have any you know the rules and regulations are loosely enforced Mm -hmm. um so going back to TNR though, but TNR does work. I personally have seen what TNR can do, and how other communities have implemented very strict um, TNR policies, and they've gotten you know they've gotten cities under control. I mean, it's, you're never going to get rid of feral cats yeah. because in a in a colony of eighty cats you might get all of them fixed except that one. And that one is always going to be a female that always somehow gets pregnant. And she's always going to be like the queen of the colony. And she's just the supplier (laughs) of kittens. It it just, it happens. It happens with everybody. I know that does Tina. It happens to me. I, I, you know, I maintain a small colony and there's always that one female that you just can't catch. Um, but you know a lot of people think that if we well if we remove all of the cats then we'll just you know, the problem will go away no it won't there's this thing called the vacuum effect so when you when you trap a majority of the population in a colony you did not get every cat there's going to be a couple that were left behind and one of them's going to be a female and she's going to somehow get pregnant and she's going to start it all over mm-hmm. again. And then because that females in heat, she's releasing pheromones and she's letting other cats in surrounding areas know that I'm in heat like, hey, like, let's make more kittens. And so you bring in males and then it, and then the males bring in more females. And it's, a, it's kind of like a vicious cycle. But it's yeah, it's, it's called the vacuum effect. If, if you 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 rid an area of the majority of the population, more just move in. Yeah, so and that's it
0: helps keep keep other. Yeah, so c-
1: the the ones that you TNR the ones and they're like they're truly TNR. You trapped, you neuter them, and you return them. Those cats in that colony keep other cats from coming out because they're territorial. Um, and a lot of you know what we try to let people know is that you know, feral cats, community cats they're actually working cats. They have a job. And so, you know, a lot of people come, oh, they're on my car. They, they poop in my garden. And yeah, I can see where, you know, how sometimes that's kind of an inconvenience for people. But at the same time, you know, they keep down on bugs. They keep down on rodents. You know, there's a lot of people that complain about pigeons, you know, pooping on their cars, on their houses. They keep those birds away. So, you know, feral cats, if you, if you have feral cats, if you feed feral cats, you need to maintain them. You need to spay and neuter them and when you have a small number of them they can actually be beneficial it's when you're feeding cats and you're not doing anything to control the population is where i mean too much of anything is bad
0: yeah um do you think that the, the cities are are um the ones that's, that need to come up with the funding for the t- like the TNR program or is it um you know if you look at
1: every other almost every other county except imperial county Um, you see that there are county-wide, there's a set of rules and regulations that is county-wide. So currently, Imperial County, when it comes to animals, every city is functioning separately. So they're not, you know, Imperial is following one set of rules, El Centro is following one set of rules, Calexico is following one set of rules, and the county has their own set of rules. And what needs to be done is that the entire county needs to be under one... One set of rules and usually There's a like a, a regional Shelter for the entire county It's not every city has their own Separate little thing it's there's one Big county run you know county run Facility and usually You know that's funded through taxpayers Dollars mm-hmm. and so that um, Those those types of facilities Usually offer services Like low cost spay neuter services Vaccine services Um TNR services, but we don't, that, that's, that's not happening right now in Imperial County. So right now, you know, there's other, you know, there's people out there doing TNR on their own and they're utilizing local veterinarians, veterinarians in Mexicali. Um, and then, you know, there's, uh, us, the humane society. And we, 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 I mean, we we're doing spaying and neutering TNR at least twice a week, sometimes three. Um, you know, there's just, I think, you know, and we're very happy to see this, but people are starting to understand the importance of spaying and neutering and the health benefits that it has to their pets. And so, I mean, we're getting phone calls every single day. People wanting to schedule feral cats to get TNR, um, getting their dog in, getting their cat in. Um, like yesterday we, we, um, me and a volunteer drove two and a half hours to Joshua tree to our friends, uh, in Joshua tree animal action league. Uh, and they helped us get 24 community, uh, of the community's pets spayed and neutered. And so, and we've got, you know, we, we've been working with the city of El Centro. The city of El Centro has been awesome. Um, we've been working with them a lot to try to get some things done at the shelter specifically. And, um, they, you know, we, we, we did a big feral cat clinic back in, I think it was April, May. And we, um, the essentially that clinic was able to spay and neuter a hundred cats in two days. So 51 day 50, another day. And it was our first time doing anything like that. And so I wasn't really sure how it was going to work out, but we had a full clinic. We did 92 cats, feral cats from the community in those two days. And in order for us to be able to get the, the, the mobile unit down here, the, um, they needed to plug their their unit into some sort of power source and it had to be a pretty big power source. Yeah. So, I mean, this thing is a beast. Yeah, you can it's, it's, like a, it's like a boat. Um, And so, you know, I, I asked the city of El Centro, I said, hey, there's a power box in front of the shelter. Is there any way that you guys can install something? And the city of El Centro, no questions asked. said, we want to help. Of course, we're going to do it. And within a week, we had that outlet installed and it, it just everything. It was perfect. Everything. Fell into
0: place. Well, that's yeah, that's good that the city's willing to cuz I mean at the end of it it affects the city uh positively, you know, like yes. you're yes. you're trying to help them with the um stray cats. Um volunteers how, how do um like if people want to help out in terms of at the shelter like how do
1: There are a million different ways that people can volunteer. Um you know, some people like to come in and Walk dogs. Some people like to come in and just clean. Some people like to come in and you know help feed the cats and and the dogs and give them water. You know, main, main, maintaining throughout the day. Um, some people like to help out at adoption events um, or other events like when we do fundraisers. Like they, you know, people will come and help us do you know whatever needs to be done there. Um, people will help us with transporting animals to rescue groups. I usually do the majority of our transporting, but my schedule over the last year has become just super busy and so you know when we have people that are willing to help transport animals from like here to LA or to San Diego you know um that really helps us we're getting animals out and it doesn't take anybody away from the shelter you know from doing our our daily duties. it's i mean yeah there's a there's there's a lot of different ways i i did one of my info columns for the ivy press on like i and i I said how do you volunteer um yeah there's there's there's
0: yeah and in terms of donations i've seen a lot of you know kids donating like allowances and birthday money
1: that you know when we it's It's very heartwarming to know that there are, I mean, kids, little kids that are, you know, they're willing to donate their entire birthday to helping Mm -hmm. animals in the shelter. I I think that's great. And we lately, we have been very blessed to have a lot of community members and not just kids, but adults as well, doing events for us, um, you know, raising funds, um, buying food and supplies for the animals. Um, Last Saturday, the... um, Imperial County Association of Realtors did a a huge bowling tournament for the Humane Society and another organization. Um, It was a great turnout. It was, it was awesome. Um, You know, we're very, very, very thankful uh, that they did that
0: for us. Yeah. And I think there's a, you know, a lot of community involvement, like, uh, like business, local businesses that are willing to, you know, um, help you with, you know, um, having adoption days Mm -hmm. and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I've seen I mean, because I follow you or or the Humane Society on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I see that there's a lot of uh, community involved, yeah. involved in when it, when it comes to that.
1: Yeah. If we we've Usually this time of the year, between like June... No, April, May. So like between like the end of May to about early September, we're usually like dead. Like there's nothing going on. And we're just trying to maintain the animals because there's so many of them. But for some reason, 2000, 2019 has been... Knock on wood. <laughs> 2019 has been very good to the shelter, to the animals. Um, a lot of community involvement. And, you know, and that's, and that's, that's all we, I mean, we, that's what we have, we, we strive for is more community involvement. We want people to help us help these animals. It's, it's not just me and my staff in the, in the, you know, the, the very few group, this very small group of volunteers that we have. It, it, This is a community effort. We, you know, these animals don't belong to me. They don't belong to my staff. These animals were at one point. They were in a home. They, they were, they were, you know, your neighbor's pets, your uncle's pets, your dad's pet. You know, whatever. They, those were someone's pets, and you know, whatever happened, life happened, or it was just they didn't care anymore. These animals ended up in a shelter. So we were. That's why I mean, we're constantly asking for help, and the community is, has heard, you know, our cries. Um, and, and they are, they're stepping up.
0: Something that that I'm talking about community and like Facebook and stuff like that. I often see people, you know, trying to sell dogs on and I'm like, man, there's a lot of dogs in the, in the humane society that. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I, I see posts on Facebook every day. I get tagged and stuff. Um, yeah. You know, there, there's there's people out there who, you know, they, they have animals, whether they have litters of puppies or kittens, you know, sometimes it was an accident. Sometimes it was just they didn't care to get their animals fixed, um, you know, and, you know, things happen. Life happens, whatever, you know, accidents happen. Um, and all you can do is encourage those people to spay and neuter, you know, whether they're people selling them online, the, you know, the buyer. Or the receiver of that animal, you know, encourage them to spay and neuter and become a, a you know, a, a responsible pet parent, you know, get them into the vet for their vaccinations, you know, make sure they're spayed and neutered, make sure they're microchipped, um, you know, do everything you can to ensure the health and safety of your pet and that they live a long, happy, healthy life. Um, and then, you know, for people that are selling them, you know, that constantly have accidental litters or, you know, or you know, just all you can do is just encourage them to. Positively encourage people to to do to do the right thing and you know, hey the Humane Society has a low cost spay and neuter program, it's only fifty-five dollars per animal. Um
0: normally what's like if you would take them to a vet, well if you go to the vet, it depends
1: on whether the animal's male or female, and it depends on the weight of the animal. So like if you have like a ninety pound dog, it's gonna cost you like probably around two hundred dollars or more. And where we for cats and dogs, we it's just fifty five dollars. Well, we have two programs. We have two spay and neuter programs. One is through our a vet that we use in Mexicali that we highly, highly, highly trust. Um, and she's awesome. She does a lot for the animals um that come into the shelter. So she that that doctor alone, single handedly, is doing a lot of good for Imperial Valley's pets or homeless pets. Mm-hmm. Um, but. So through her, uh, for feral cats, it's $25 to get them spayed and neutered. Um, if you have a dog or a cat that's your pet, um, it's $55. But if you have a dog that's over 40 pounds, it's $75. Um, through our other program with Animal Action League, it's $55 flat per cat or dog. Doesn't doesn't matter what the size is, if it's male or female. Um, and feral cats through them are $10. Um, but through the Mexicali program, we go to that doctor twice a week as to where Animal Action League, because they're in Joshua Tree, it's an hour and a half or two and a half hours from here. Mm-hmm. We only go to them once a month. And they are trying to, since we got that outlet installed at the shelter because of the city of El Centro, they, you know, we we've been trying me and the, the director of Animal Action League, she's a very good friend of mine, and we've been trying to figure out days where they can start coming to us more frequently with their mobile clinic um, to do more spaying and neutering for us here in the imperial valley
0: um if anybody wants to um like do tnr to their community cats can they uh contact you or how absolutely
1: do- we like i said we have that that tnr program that runs every week uh with our mexicali vet uh, we do have traps that we rent out You put a $30 deposit. Once we get the trap back, we give you your deposit back. Um, You just have to call the shelter during business hours to schedule an appointment. Um, Tuesday through Friday, we're open 2 to 6. Saturdays, 11 to 3. We're closed Sundays and Mondays. Uh, Our phone number is 760-352-1911. If you get a recording that says that the mailbox is full, for some reason, whenever the line is busy, our, our, the phone the phone lines work they work it's just I don't we we switched our our, our service provi- provider and for instead of a, a busy tone it gives you it says the mailbox is full I don't know why I'm trying to fix that
0: but the, they can just leave a message and
1: uh well they just need to get through to a staff member oh, okay and uh, whoever answers the phone can set that appointment up for them
0: and um can they is there like a website Facebook stuff that the we don't do we currently don't do
1: appointments over via like internet, like the website or um, Facebook. Um, Cause I, I, the Facebook, I do everything that, that I, I pretty much do all of the Facebook stuff and I'm not always at the shelter. So it's hard for me to schedule a point. Like when I'm not there, like yesterday I was gone for 12 hours doing spaying and neutering. And then on Tuesday I was in Riverside taking animals to the shelter and I had people messaging, Oh, we're going to set up a spay and neuter appointment. Please call the shelter. It's busy. We'll keep calling. <laughs> Um, we're trying. I'm. I'm trying to get a second line in so that we we can take more calls. Um, but yeah, if if you can't get through the first time, just keep calling. You'll you'll eventually get through.
0: Um, how many how many pets do you have at home that are you're currently? My personal pets. I have.
1: Let's see. I have Nikki Lobo. I have five dogs, and a couple of cats. I have mostly my foster. I have my little foster kittens. I call them my Goth Kitties. It's this litter of kittens that uh, came in from animal control. They're all black, and it's Ozzy, Elvira, Morticia. Morticia. Uh, I love those little cats. They're they're about ready for adoption. I'm gonna I'm gonna be really upset when, when they, have <laughs> when they to leave go. It. Yeah, I we also have a we have a pig and a goat as well. Oh wow! Yeah. So and they're they're they're. I don't think they know that they're
0: a pig and a goat. They <laughs> I think they think they're people. <laughs> Very spoiled. <laughs> That's crazy. Um. Yeah, my son was show me a video of her friend. His, my son's friend. Um, that has a pig, and he was like running around, playing with the ball. I'm like, man, this guy thinks he's a dogger's up because he was like all over the yard and yeah. you know, having a lot of fun. Yeah. You, you always put when there, whenever there's like a, like a really tragic event when a dog gets run over, you post like, you know, pictures and updates, and I think that's really cool when you know you see a dog that's really in a bad, uh situation like it's really hurt and then like you see them like a couple of months later like running around and mm-hmm. having all this kind of and all this fun um i think that that is that's really really cool because um you get to see like uh you know somebody like ran them over or just threw them away and then you get them and you put them mm-hmm. you know back in, in a good place and then somebody adopts them and you know they have, yeah. a, have a good well it's it's really you know whenever
1: these animals come into our care i mean we don't have the shelter doesn't have an excess of money to handle these medical situations. And so that's why, you know, whenever we get a severe medical case and we know it's going to cost quite a bit, we'll make a post on Facebook and say, Hey, you know, this animal came in, we need to get it medical attention immediately. And you know, it's, it's, you know, it's going to cost us a pretty penny. And I think it's extremely important that, you know, when people are, are sending donations in for that animal's care, it's, it's very important to be transparent and walk you know people who donated to that or who even if they're not donating if they're following the animal they're watching the story they're sharing the post you know they're trying to encourage other people to get involved um you know though it's important that people see that you know if they're gonna if they're gonna give something or do something to help that they see what's going on and that they see the progress of that animal and that they they know that that they're you know Basically, that they know that their 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 donation truly did go towards helping that animal, and and I, I want people to to see that we're not just asking for money, and then we, you know, <laughs> nobody knows what happened. I want people to know that no, look, you gave us a hundred dollar donation. This is what it did for that animal. Today they're better. Tomorrow, the next day they're better, and then you know eventually they get adopted or whatever. Yeah,
0: and 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 it's sad when there's like a, that you know tragic ending where. The pet doesn't make. Yeah, I'm yeah. always like, oh, what the heck! Like, it ha- it does happen sometimes. Yeah. It does. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, like I said, I always follow like the stuff you put on on on, on Instagram and Facebook, and it's sometimes it's really ha- like good situation, and then it, yeah. sometimes there's. But it's yeah. it's life, you know. Um, are there any any um local business that you would like to kind of like shout out and 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 thank? And
1: um, well, first would be uh Fitness Oasis <laughs> here in Imperial off of Aten for letting us use their uh their space to, to do this podcast because we don't have any space at the shelter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nowhere we quiet. Um, you know, and again, I'd really like to thank the, um, Imperial County association of realtors for what they've done for us. Um, the city of El Centro for, you know, always being so helpful in, in certain situations. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, I always see, um, what's that, the Tractor Place.
1: Yeah? Oh, tr- yeah. Tr- you know, Tractor Supply uh, for letting us do adoption events at Petco, PetSmart, um, you know, Costco, Walmart. They they donate a lot of um, food to us. Um, and, you know, Petco and PetSmart and Tractor Supply Company, they allow us to do um, adoption events there. And then I don't know. I don't know when you're going
0: to air this, but...
1: Um, Probably
0: sometime today or, or oh, okay. tom- tomorrow, early, early in the morning. tomorrow. And
1: then so we also have... Um, Tomorrow from 10, so Saturday the 29th, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., we have a, a an adoption event at Tractor Supply. Um, and we're doing low cost microchipping for $20. So I'll mm. be there doing the microchipping. Um, and, you know, that's, we're doing this in preparation for 4th of July. So if people's pets do get out from the fireworks, you know, we can help get them home quickly. Um, and then also we will also we'll be at Petco and PetSmart from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. But we're at Petco and PetSmart every Saturday from 11 to 3 for, for adoptions. adoptions.
0: Okay, yeah. And I mean, and, and if anything, just make sure you f- to follow you guys on Facebook. And yeah,
1: um, our Facebook. I mean, like I said, I, I do our Facebook page and I try to post on there like whenever we have something going on, update everybody on there. So, you know, please uh, go and like the page, follow it. And, you know, for updates, you know. That's that's where most of the most of the updates go. I'm just I'm not very tech savvy, but I've gotten Facebook down. So <laughs> I try to I just try to stick to one thing, too many things and I'll mess it up.
0: Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add that I kind of missed or didn't touch on?
1: Um, you know, just, you know, everyone, you know, please, please, please uh, remember that, you know, your 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 pets are valuable. They're your family, you know, love and, and appreciate them. Do everything you can to care for them properly spay and neuter and if, if anybody has any uh questions about spaying and neutering or adopting anything like that please call or come by the shelter if you're looking to make an addition to your family uh, a four-legged addition uh you know please choose adoption first and please come by the shelter during our business hours and we i mean we we have about 300 animals that really need homes and you'll you'll for sure fall in love with someone
0: yeah for sure i mean out of 300 there's gonna be one one yeah. for you there's, right? there's one for everyone yeah <laughs> there's one for everyone so yeah i'll make sure you stop by and and you know if you know check them out and 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 you'll probably know if you don't like one you probably know somebody that will probably like one of the pets that are there um but yeah i mean i think that that It's hard like to see all these you know pets like because ultimately we're the ones that you know put them in that situation
1: yeah yeah it's like i said it's animals in the shelter is is mostly due to human error you know and not everybody that has to relinquish a pet to a shelter is a bad person you know we understand life happens you know people lose their jobs they lose their homes you know things you know there there's a million different things that can happen where you know somebody has to find another outlet for their pet. And then, you know, that, you know, them coming to the shelter and trying to relinquish them because they're genuinely in a situation where they cannot care for the animal. I mean, that's the most responsible thing. I mean, I've, I know a lot of people that have, you know, they moved away. They couldn't take their pets with them. They left them in the house Uh, or people, you know, dump them out in the desert. People, you know, I mean, people do, people do some very mean things to animals sometimes. So, you know, exhausting your resources is is always your your best option because eventually you will find an outlet um you know and, and right like i said right now the shelters i mean we're over capacity and you know we want to be able to accommodate everyone but um you know that's why right now when we have we have all these people calling in you know because they're leaving there's something happened um Uh, The only the only suggestion that we can make at the moment is to try to contact other shelters and and rescue groups outside of the county.
0: Um, So most of them are outside in the county in the county. There's no
1: we don't have any uh, all of all of our approved rescue partners are mostly of them. Most of them are in San Diego um, that we have like some in Riverside, L.A., um, Canada. We've got them all over the place. Oh. We've got them all
0: over the place. Oh. Well, Devin, um, thank you so much for finally taking. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry I mean, it took so I, long I, to thank no, you. No, no, and I, and I know you're super busy. You know, I, like I said, I I was telling somebody the other day that I interviewed, like I kind of feel like a creep because I, you know, follow all these people on Facebook that I want to interview because I want to like kind of like get to know them and uh-huh, have a uh-huh. good conversation when I meet them, right? So like I, I know that you're always like. you know running around so like don't uh, don't stress about like taking so long to 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 me but you know i I really really i was really excited to to do this because um like i said i mean i I follow you and i know the 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 need that there is for you know owners to to good owners to take all these pets home and and give them a forever home um but yeah thank you so much thank you thank you thank you and um yeah i'll see you guys in the next one peace